sex talk. Derek Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek Miley. Hey, folks, welcome to Sex Talk. Erica Miley here. Another solo episode coming at you. This episode is all about the experiences of fellow women that have graciously shared their experiences with me about dating apps, social media, and the DMs they've received. And I can tell you myself, you're going to hear some of my stories in here too, because I very much have very similar stories as these women. I wanted to do this episode for several reasons. I think first and foremost that knowledge is power. (laughs) Yes, very schoolhouse rock sounding. (laughs) But I really believe that if you know better, you can do better. And this in particular, this topic of how we talk to each other and how we communicate with each other around sex is huge. Second, the other big reason why I wanted to talk about this is that I have recently been weirded out. (laughs) And this kind of feeling weird about some of the things, some of the messages I've received on Instagram or Facebook from random men in particular, it's kind of mystifying to me. And the thing is, I'm not alone in that feeling. The women I'm going to reference some of their stories and my friends and my family have also talked about similar experiences and similar sentiments. So I wanted to put this out there in a way that's real and so that it can be seen in the way that it's meant to be seen. All of it. (laughs) My experience in my career. So this is the third reason why I, I really wanted to do this. My, the experiences in my career of working with people around difficult sexual problems, not only complex sexual problems, but specifically sexual entitlement. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what sexual entitlement is. Sexual entitlement is when you believe you are owed sex or sexual experiences or someone's body. That's essentially what it is, that your sexual needs come first over the other person's. Now, you're going to hear some of these stories. You're going to hear some of these experiences, and some of this might be triggering to some of you. I just kind of want to put that out there because with the Me Too movement, a lot of women's experiences are coming to the forefront. We're actually talking about it in the public Before I was in private practice, I worked with people who have committed sex offenses. And one of the things that I helped try to break down for them oftentimes in the group sessions or in some of the classes I would teach is the idea of sexual entitlement. How does it relate to how you see your partner and what your sexual needs are and how that's separate from them and their body and that they owe you actually nothing. So that's kind of how sexual entitlement fits into this episode and how I'm going to talk about some of the descriptions of what my friends have experienced. Basically, what I did was I jumped on my various social media platforms and said, hey, what has been your experiences out here? What what has happened 
for you? What has happened in your life? How have you experienced this? Have you been on dating apps? And if you have, like, have you experienced somebody contacting you or sending you a dick pic that you didn't expect? Or have you experienced when someone has seems to have contacted you out of the blue, even if, for instance, you're just using a business Instagram? And I have heard from quite a few people I'm going to reference only, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 people tonight in particular, but I heard from more than that. (laughs) This experience is what, when we were talking about this on social media, this experience is like getting a DM from somebody you don't know saying, hey, beautiful, or a dick pic, is like the new catcalling on the street. But on the internet, (laughs) it is like the modern day version of this thing that has been happening for a very, very long time. And this is a very difficult thing for people who do not identify as female to understand the experience of what that is like. So I kind of wanted to share some of these stories just so that... Again, if you know better, you can do better. So one of the first stories that I wanted to share with you is a person who has been on the dating apps and has found that it has been such a place of toxic masculinity that they have left that. They have left that experience altogether (laughs) because of getting messages from men saying, hey, I want to make bad choices with you, or hey, or maybe not even saying anything, just sending pictures of their dick. Like It's just, this kind of blows me away. I might sound a little kind of mystified by it. I, I Even though I have worked with people who have committed sex offenses and worked with sexual entitlement and worked with complex sexual problems, this still mystifies me a bit when I interact with it, when I see it, when I hear it. It seems to be one of the things, it's it's funny, my husband and I were talking about this today. We were talking about, like, so if the goal was you getting laid, if the goal is you having sex with someone, this is not how you do it. If you want to get close to someone to be able to be physical with them, trust is something you have to build. And the first mistake you can make is making them feel afraid. And maybe that's what that person's goal is. And then if that's the goal, then we really need to be talking about that. Because if if the goal is to make the person feel afraid, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because no one, when they have a sexual experience, should have to feel afraid. If it is a consensual act, if it is something that they want to be doing, that is altogether different. But if someone feels afraid during a sexual act, that is not okay. And that, I think, is what maybe mystifies me the most about this is that maybe that sense of uneasiness and the fear that comes up in myself. I mean, I'll talk about my own experience. I have my Instagram that I love to communicate with 
my community, with not only my friends, my family, but other businesses and my podcasting audience. And I love being able to do that. I love being able to put content out there in a really fast and legitimate and real way. That being said, I get at the very least one or two a day DMs from people I do not know, all of them men. And this episode is not, I hope, (laughs) I hope this episode doesn't just come off as we're going to just, I'm just going to sit here and bash men because this is not all men. I married actually a really, really good one. And this was actually part of the conversation my husband and I had. And this frustrates my husband because he really wants to stand at the rooftops and say, not all of us are buttheads. (laughs) But that being said, I get at least two DMs a day from people I don't know saying, hey, dear, hey, beautiful, or a dick pic. And my Instagram says, Erica Miley Therapy. That is what my Instagram is. And that is what you see on my Instagram. You see the things that I share about my practice. You see the things I share about my podcast and my family and my husband and all of those things. I'm not there for a dating app, but that those are some of the responses I'm I'm getting. And I know that I'm not alone in it. That's why I wanted to talk about this, because I think this experience, my experience, is not a solo experience. These other women, another story for you to hear is another friend of mine who has been on these dating apps. And this person she was actually talking to right off of the dating app, and this person had not at all in any way pushed physical contact or sexual language right out the gate, was trying to actually get to know her. And then the minute they actually do like a video call, it immediately went to, do you want to see my penis? Do you want to see my dick? And as a woman, that throws you off, at least in my experience and the experience of the people that I know and I care about, that it kind of feels like it's out of nowhere. Like we didn't get the foreplay. <laughs> like we didn't get the warm up. <laughs> we didn't get to have the fun, right? No, it's just like, whoa dick in your face. You're like, how did we get here? How did we, how did we get to that place? Whoa, I didn't see that coming. That blows me away. The the next story, same person. The person asked to send her a dick pic. She said no. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) She said no. And so you're going to see me get angry here. And I, I'm not going to apologize for it because this is I I think I said on there, like, this is the kind of thing that makes me, like, want to change careers and become a hit person, take out contracts or whatever terrible thing. (laughs) She said no. And he said, well, it really gets me off if I do this. And she said no again. And he said, well, I'm going to do it anyway, and then sent it to her. Obviously, obviously that that interaction was for him. 
and him alone. That is sexual entitlement. That is not okay. Putting your sexual needs before someone else or another version of this that I have seen in my career is the nice guy. (laughs) I'm just the nice guy. I'm the friend. And then being angry with the other person because they're not responding or treating you the way that you believe you should be treated without having any knowledge that you have any actual feelings. So sexual entitlement can look different in different circles, in different, like, with a friend group versus a dating group or whatever the case may be. It can look different. So I keep coming back to that because I think that this is an important thing for all of us to understand. One of the things that I found, I actually, I've been following this on Instagram for a while, and I think it's a very important piece to not just the the Me Too movement, but the way that we talk about and treat each other. And I believe Justin Boldani was one of the people, he, he's an actor from the show called Jane the Virgin, and he did a TED Talk about being man enough and what being man enough means to be able to support the women in his life and how men could challenge how they see masculinity and the way that they can look at masculinity doesn't have to be this toxic way of looking at masculinity that hurts not only men, but hurts women too. And typically it hurts women first, but like the way that toxic masculinity works oftentimes works against men and their interests. I think one of the things he said here on one of his posts that I think is really, really important Justin Baldoni said, I believe changing the conversation starts by acknowledging that as men, listening, having compassion, empathy, and patience are qualities that don't have to challenge our masculinity. They're part of it. And if we can start to embody them when brave women share their experiences, then we can start to become better allies to women as well. And I think that, that is one of the biggest things. That's why I wanted to do this episode is that when you put light on something, when you talk about something, you don't allow it to exist in the darkness. I use this analogy with clients all the time that when a rock is in the forest and it's covered in dirt and moss and everything else and there's the light cannot get to it. So it's hidden. It's it's a way, it's secret. When the rock is brought into the light, out of the dark, away from the moss, the moss and those types of things can't grow on it because it's in the light. It's not a secret anymore. So the more that we can talk about these things, the more that we can share our stories and share our experiences, especially in social media and what people think is private DMs, The more that we can shed the light, the better. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how it actually feels versus the intended message. So oftentimes, one of the things I heard from my clients when I was working with people who have committed sex offenses 
one of the things I heard from them and I've heard from other clients is that, oh, I was just trying to give that person a compliment or I was just trying to, you know, make them feel good. That may have been the intended message in your head or may have been the intended message of what you think you wanted to share. But how it's received is completely different. The way that I kind of think about, I tried to help them think about it is, you may have said, yes, I'm trying to give this person a compliment, but how it's received is from a place of fear. It's not from a place of, oh, I somebody's commenting on my butt or somebody's commenting on my breasts. That's awesome. That's not typically how we experience it. It's much more like, oh, let me put my keys between my fingers. Let me cross the street because I don't know what you're going to do next. I don't know that you're not going to follow me down the street, that you're not going to try to find out where I live. I don't know what's going to happen next. So it, it's, not, it's not a turn on. It doesn't feel good. How that message is received is from a place of fear. And I just want men to stop that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to say that any other way other than stop it. <laughs> this, our bodies are not out here to just be commented on you. This goes back to the issue of sexual entitlement. My existence in this world is not here for your sexual gratification. I know that that is a tough, tough thing I just said. And it sounds like an indictment of the male species. But I swear to you, it is not. But it is an indictment of this experience and how we don't like it. And I don't know how me or my friends or my family or anybody else out there can make that any clearer, that this does not feel good. So what's the conclusion of this? Hmm. If you need help figuring out how to communicate with the opposite sex, with somebody you're sexually interested in, if you need help trying to figure out these things, come to someone like me <laughs> or come to one of my colleagues. We will happily, happily help the other thing is, I, I kind of want to give an option of something else that you could say rather than sending the DM with the dick pic. <laughs> One of the things you could do is you could say, hey, I saw your profile. I saw you like blank. Let's just use Bob's Burgers because I like Bob's Burgers. I saw you like Bob's Burgers. I like Bob's Burgers too. What is your favorite thing about Bob's Burgers? This kind of communication will typically get you further than commenting about our bodies. Just like with catcalling, it does not make us feel flattered. It makes us feel afraid. So on top of that, if you don't do better, if you don't try to get to know someone, you're going to continue to get blocked. <laughs> You're going to continue, and I'm just telling you what these women have told me that how they respond to this. They respond to this by blocking people, not responding to them at all, deleting the messages, never even looking at them, or finding the snarkiest thing they could possibly say to you and say that. 
because it feels like a way to get a little bit of a win. Or they may take screenshots of what you're saying and what you're doing, and they may show them to other people so that other people know what you've been doing, so that other people know, ooh, this person doesn't necessarily know the best way to go about starting a relationship with someone. So all of that being said, I feel like I've just spent a bunch of time rambling about this thing, but being able to talk about how we experience this social catcalling or maybe social media catcalling, we need a term for this. There's probably a term for this. Twitter probably already came up with it. (laughs) Like DM catcall, whatever it is. We need to be able to talk about it, and we need to be able to put it out there in the world so that it can stop. So I do want to thank the people who were willing to share some of their experiences with me. I'm just going to mention their first names so that they can remain protected, so that if any trolls hear this episode, they don't come after these people who have been so wonderful in in sharing their experiences. So I want to thank Shelly. Mariah, Teresa, Hillary, Tiffany, Mindy, Rachel, Amber, Angela, Jesse, and Katie. Thank you for being willing to talk about this thing. As much as we had some serious laughs. (laughs) But we also talked about some serious anger and fear. And so I just want to honor that you were willing to talk about it in a very public way. Thank you all for sticking around for the episode. If you do want to hear more, I would love for you to go subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you're on iTunes, rate five stars. If you shoot me a review, I will shout you out on the podcast because that is how we get found in iTunes. So you, you got to have enough ratings on there to be able to be found on iTunes. So jump on there, five-star rating. I would love that. I would appreciate it very much. If you want to get in contact with me, you can find me on all the socials, including Instagram, like I said earlier, Erica Miley Therapy. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. And my email address is erica at ericamiley.com. Thank you all. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.